This is Stephanie. And this is Brian. And welcome to season three of our podcast, The Making and the Remaking of a Codependent Mind. At this point, we've agreed that we've pretty much summed up, for the most part, both the making and the remaking pieces of the codependency puzzle, as far as how it formed for me and how I've finally moved significantly down this path of healing. There's still plenty of work to do every day to be sure that I keep myself on this path. And it's still not always easy, but the longer I demonstrate to myself that I can consistently be my authentic self, the more foreign the old me seems. One of my favorite podcasters or authors or thought leaders, I don't know how to describe her exactly, uh, psychotherapist Esther Perel has this great quote. It's kind of her mantra. The quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. One of the things that we've talked about as part of what makes codependency so insidious and so difficult to overcome is that the behavior habits that are part of codependency undermine our ability to form healthy, intimate relationships. That was absolutely the case for me. Those those habits got me trapped in abusive and unhealthy relationships and they kept me from forming more deep connections with healthy people. So even after healing the trauma and kicking the codependent habits, which again, I feel like I've largely done, I still need to learn how to navigate healthy relationships. And all of us have a lot to learn about that, myself included. Knowing ourselves and knowing each other is a lifelong journey. And doing this podcast has been a great tool for me and for us to learn more about ourselves and each other. And there's been a lot of terms and concepts that have come up in in our discussions and the research that we've done that we didn't have the chance to really explore in as much depth as we might have liked, just because we were somewhat focused on my story. So this season, we're going to devote episodes to individual topics that we think have the possibility to help us understand better and navigate more effectively healthy relationships and to improve the quality of our relationships and therefore the quality of our lives. We're going to start with the idea of boundaries. Yes. And although before we start, if there's anything that you, the listeners feel we've left out of my story, or we're kind of hoping we'd expand on, please let us know. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram by searching codependent mind. And as always, if you are enjoying the show, we would appreciate a like or review on your podcast platform of choice. So I wanted to start with the idea of boundaries, because this is a somewhat new concept for me, Mm -hmm. but you see it everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all over. It's like a buzzword. It's all over Instagram. You know, if you read advice columns, which I do, I really like advice columns. They're always talking about boundaries, setting boundaries, respecting boundaries. And again, I don't think I really even heard the concept in terms of relationships before a few years ago Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like it's so it's so prevalent now yeah how do we manage to talk about relationships before we knew this idea of boundaries because how do we navigate our relationships without boundaries because it's everywhere now it seems like critical to healthy respectful relationships right it's it's putting a term to something that i think was always there but it's like it's always helpful to to come up to find these terms yeah it must be an incredibly helpful term because again it's so well used 
but the problem beca- becomes it's it is so used that yeah. it becomes a little unclear as to what exactly what problem exactly it's trying to solve. Well, yeah, and that can be kind of frustrating. At least it has been for me sometimes when I'm researching this stuff and and, and listening to podcasts and different things and hearing these terms and then they're just kind of brushed over and it's like, oh, there's that again. They're using that term again. And and once I started looking to it, it was amazing at how foreign it was, <laughs> this idea, for me mm-hmm. at least. But like you said, it's something that is can and should be there for every single relationship, not just romantic relationships, but every interpersonal relationship. How would you describe briefly what you think boundaries means? I think it's actually helpful to pull back a little bit in terms of what we want the word, the concept boundaries to encompass. Mm -hmm. So to go back to what I take to be the original metaphor or analogy. Mm-hmm. We're, tr- we're taking this word or concept, boundaries, which is, has been around <laughs> forever. Yeah, sure. And we're applying it to interpersonal relationships. Right. So let's go back to, we usually just use the word to use, and that was like a demarcation, kind of legal or political or geographic, mm-hmm. between two autonomous entities. Sure. Entities or land masses or yeah, you know, borders between countries and things. Yeah, like that. I'm right. Um, so it was used to distinguish a difference between one entity and another entity. Yeah, mm-hmm. whether that's a a country or the boundaries of a forest. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think part of that original idea of boundaries, when it comes to things like land masses and things like that, is there as a negotiation between those different entities also. So there's, I agree. Although before there's negotiation, there has to be this this sense of differentiation. Yeah, sure, right. Where does one end and the other begin? That there is two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't have a boundary unless you have two separate things. Mm-hmm. At the very least, there has to be two separate things. Yeah, right. And I think this is why boundaries come up a lot in codependency, because people who were trained as codependents were never given the opportunity to establish themselves mm-hmm. as a separate being. Yeah, right. So this whole enmeshment and, and combining yourself into this other person, sort of just, it, it's a natural fall away that boundaries would just not be there because... And you don't feel that you have the right to your own feelings yeah. or emotions. Right. You always have to kind of check with, with the other person. Mm-hmm. But one way I think to recapture a healthy sense of boundaries is to kind of imagine it as this physical line, as this physical demarcation. So you literally are physically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Another person. Yeah. So that's a good place to start. Yeah. We are two separate people. It's a good place to start on in the physical realm. Mm -hmm. Um, So to take that metaphor and to apply it to your physical body. Mm -hmm. So there's a quotation that I thought it was the philosopher, John Stuart Mill, other people attribute it to Oliver Wendell Holmes. The right to swing my fist ends where the other man's nose begins. Mm. Which is another way of saying each of us have absolute right over our own physical body. Sure. And other people's rights or privileges stop there. Yeah. So that's kind of the easiest 
boundary violation to kind of understand and mm-hmm. as you say kind of start with yeah that that no one is allowed to do things to your body that you do not explicitly and freely invite or allow them to do yeah right yeah so we're talking about physical boundary here but then now this explodes out into the whole emotional realm and interpersonal realm right so once you feel comfortable with that yeah. which even there as a codependent yeah you do not feel comfortable even with that boundary initially. Right. Well, you know... Other people were allowed to tell you what to do to your body. Right. And with your body. Yeah. And you felt you had to do it. So I want to make sure that we agree on this and understand, because I think people have struggled even with that, even Mm. with that sense that they have absolute autonomy over their own physical being. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think... I think that was true for me, that I didn't feel like I had maybe just the base level of self-respect to where I felt like I had autonomy over even my own body. Hello, this is Brian. I wanted to let you know that I wrote a book based on the first two seasons of this podcast, and it's now available on Amazon. It represents my most current thinking on both the origins of my codependency and the healing process. I think it's a good companion to the podcast. Um, So if you're someone who also likes to read as well as listen, uh, you might want to check it out. The link is in the show notes. Um, you've told me stories, for instance, about our, you know, sending you to the doctor in order to talk about getting your feet fixed or... Yeah, sure. Or or my, you know, my mouth because, or my nose or something because I was breathing improperly. Yeah, and both R and J kind of demanding or expecting that you take drugs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, disguised as medicine, but really, sure. I mean, they were not prescribed drugs, but take drugs in order to, to solve physical problems that they had with you that mm-hmm. you did not feel yeah. were problems. Yeah. And I, I remember clearly just reflexively doing things, these things, not liking it mm-hmm. and resenting them for it. Right. But doing, but doing things to your body yeah. um, that you didn't want to do. So yeah, I mean the physical, again, lots of people even struggle with that initial one, but yeah. I think conceptually that's the easy, perhaps the easiest one to, to recognize that sure. you don't have to do anything with your body. Right. That you do not expressly want yeah, to do. Yeah, it's our own choice, right? Yeah, I mean, you may decide you agree with with it, but that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, of course, like you said, that's a great place to start, and then from there, it just can explode out into this whole web of emotional needs, and yeah, so, intellectual needs, and right. So then we have so that's needs. physical autonomy, right? Yeah. We all have physical autonomy. We all have the right to control what happens with our body. Mm-hmm. And then there's emotional autonomy, yeah. which also I think people with codependent habits struggle with. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, in some ways we all struggle with. You know, yeah, and, it's not easy, really. I don't think, you know, I mean, when you can you think of, of times where it was difficult for you to set or at least enforce boundaries? I mean, I guess we'll talk more about what that looks like, enforcing boundaries, but... Right, because it's a little bit easier with physical, with with the physical uh, metaphor to, yeah. s- to to imagine how you can enforce those boundaries mm-hmm. um, by physically separating yourself from the situation or by physically refusing, uh, in, in understanding that that can be problematic in, in some situations. Mm-hmm. But just to go to the, uh, yeah, before we talk about enforcement, it, yeah, what does an emotional boundary look like? Yeah, yeah. What's an example of one that, that mm-hmm. you can remember having? 
Well, I think I have a, a lot of emotional <laughs> boundaries, <laughs> right? So, you know, so if you think about someone physically violating your space, so people also will emotionally try to emotionally violate your space. So mm-hmm. people, for instance, um, swearing at me or yelling at me, sure. um, berating me, mm-hmm. that's an emotional intrusion, right? They're trying yeah. to make me feel afraid or belittled or... Or, or um, controlled. Yeah, they're trying to use my emotions, their emotions, to control my emotions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a situation where you have to feel comfortable saying no. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not allowed to try to make me afraid. Right. Yeah. So you have these this kind of base expectations of how people how you expect to be treated or want to be treated. And mm-hmm. then you get to make the choice what happens when someone doesn't treat you that way. So the emotional boundary, I think, again, is is the same as the physical boundary in that you have the right to prevent incursions into your emotional space. Mm-hmm. No one has the right to demand that you feel a certain way. Yeah. Or to try to enforce or create feelings in you. Mm-hmm that you don't want. Right. Including if you're feeling sad, <laughs> no one has the right to try to demand or force or pressure you into not feeling sad. Yeah, right. And you know what I've found though is it's almost like it's a negotiation between people's competing boundaries almost. Some people may have what I would kind of consider unhealthy boundaries where what we're talking about here is this they're expecting you to behave the way they want to behave and they may they may think they may actually think that's a boundary for my i want this person to not be sad so i'm gonna try to make them not be sad or expect them to not be sad how is that how do you see that setting a boundary so what's an example for you for for someone setting an unhealthy boundary well like literally just an example not an example would would just be to do it to me said said unhealthy um i need you to go to sleep at the same time as me because we need to be in sync. I need my sleep. I so don't want you waking me up when you, if you go to bed late. So if you said a boundary that I'm setting is that you go to you go to bed the same as I. Yeah. Right, right. Right. So I mean, I think this is why we're talking about. This is what I was talking about when I was saying like let's let's reduce boundaries to a more minimalistic mm-hmm. <laughs> expression of the idea, because that seems yeah. that sounds to me like an overreach. That sounds to me like a misuse of boundaries. Yeah. So, right. Sure. In that case, what you would be trying to do is an incursion into my space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> into my physical boundaries, to my emotional boundaries, right. disguised as your own boundaries. Yes. But, but really, that's an invasion. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. I, I, the reason why I brought that up is because I think that's how a lot of people may think of boundaries sometimes. Like, it's just like, I expect this, so I'm going to expect that you obey this more or less. And that's right. They my turn boundary. boundary setting into rules. Boundaries yeah. are not rules. Those are two different yes, things. Yes, Exactly. So boundaries, again, are protecting your own Mm -hmm. physical and emotional and psychological autonomy. Yeah. They're not about getting other people to behave the way you want to behave. Right. Yeah. It's completely up to each individual to to honor their own boundaries. And you honor your own boundaries by refusing to the best of your ability Mm -hmm. to accept incursions into your physical autonomy your emotional autonomy 
and your psychological autonomy. It's your responsibility. So that kind of brings us to the topic of enforcement. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? I mean, what does that look like to you as far as how do you know, how would you, what's an example of enforcing a boundary for uh, you? I, I mean, I think the, the best example and the most straightforward one, not easy, but straightforward, is to leave. Yeah. You leave the room. Mm-hmm. You leave the relationship. Yeah. You leave the conversation. Yeah. It's straightforward. Again, it's not easy. Right. And we want to recognize that sometimes it's not possible. Yeah, sure. Um, or extremely difficult. And yes. But it's difficult because it's important. Yeah. There are risks to having boundaries because there are people out there who want to violate them. Mm-hmm. Narcissist being one. Yeah. Obvious one. Right. They want to have power over your physical body, over your emotional life, mm-hmm. over your mental life, over your sexual life. They want to treat everything you have as resources to them. Right. So you can think of, again, as boundaries between countries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they... They're like Russia and everyone's Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. They want to take over. And so it can be very risky to set boundaries because there are going to be people who are going to be angry and upset with you. Backlash. Because they want the resources that you have, Mm -hmm. emotional, physical, intellectual, or perhaps sexual, they want those resources for themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's an extreme version. But then there's also, I think healthy versions of where setting boundaries can be risky or or another word for it vulnerable right mm-hmm. i mean because we are separate individuals and we may have different ideas about what we want and those things might not line up and so one of us may have a boundary that the other person's like well i don't that's not a boundary for me or or actually i kind of expect the opposite I, yeah but that's what I'm, I'm wondering if we're then we're getting into talking about wants and needs and and expectations rather than boundaries Mm, okay so right when two people come together Mm -hmm. but they remain two separate entities Mm -hmm. that then have to live together and the boundary between them is only one part of that Mm. there is still a whole bunch of negotiation that has to be done how and when and why to cross the those boundaries, what resources to yeah. share across those boundaries, right. what expectations or needs independent of the boundary. Well, occur. yeah, that's why I think the boundaries are going to be totally different depending on the relationship, you know, so casual relationships of everyday people you come across may be different than a boundary that you have with see, an I don't intimate think, partner. See, I don't think so, so much. I think the boundary remains the same. The boundary mm-hmm. is your physical, emotional, and psychological autonomy. Mm-hmm. That is maintained. In yeah. any relationship you go in. Sure. You may allow people, you may allow people to interact with your boundary. Mm-hmm. You may, you know, cross the boundary more easy, e- easily. Yeah, sure. You know, for instance, we see in terms of sexual relationships. Yeah, right. I'm going to allow some people <laughs> to have a sexual relationship and me, not others. Yeah. Um, well, isn't that kind of a boundary that like, so with certain types of people, my boundary is this for sexual, you know interaction and my boundary with this type of relationship is is different i see that my boundary is always the same i have complete control Mm -hmm. over my sexual life yeah okay other people can only do things to me Mm -hmm. and with me sexually that i explicitly allow yeah or and or invite yeah okay but 
I'm going to allow and invite different things from different people. Right, right. So I, I think we're... So th- this is why I'm saying I think the boundaries are overused, right? So okay, it, sure. And you were kind of saying how it is misused, like every need or expectation is... Is, is somehow a boundary. Is somehow a boundary. Right, right. But I think boundaries should really be reserved for things that are done to you that violate your physical autonomy, your emotional autonomy, your psychological autonomy, mm-hmm. your physical space. Yeah. Such that if it happens without your consent or invitation, that's a violation and that's an unhealthy and unsafe person, situation, relationship. Right. What does it look like to you when, when say, someone you love has crossed a boundary of yours and you have to make a decision what to do about that and you've found yourself compromising your boundaries? It's hard. It's, it, it is hard. Um, when someone makes an incursion mm-hmm. that I feel violates, again, my physical autonomy or my emotional autonomy, it's hard to know how severely to react to that. Right. So, I mean, an example that pops in my head is, is like, say, when I was dishonest with you in the, in the past and things like that. Well, I, I see, I don't see that as, as a boundary. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So you don't see honesty as a as a boundary necessarily, like. No, I, I mean, I for me again, I'm using boundaries in a, in a more restricted way. Mm-hmm. I have expectations mm-hmm. of honesty in a relationship. Yeah. Because it demonstrates respect for me, respect for our relationship. It is, I think, critical for intimacy and mm-hmm. trust. Yeah. And safety. Yeah. But you wouldn't call it a boundary. I wouldn't call it a boundary. People, I imagine, lie to me all the time. <laughs> sure. Right. And a lot of time, I don't care. You know, like oh, yeah. pu- public figures lie to me, you know, not directly at me. But yeah. so, for instance, this, I, I think, is why abuse can be so problematic. Because mm-hmm. there can be one instance of right. someone crossing my boundaries. Yeah. Like, Flipping out at me and swearing at me and and calling me names. Yeah, that to me is a boundary violation. That's an, again an incursion on my emotional life, an invasion of my emotional life, mm-hmm. trying to make me feel scared or upset. Right. Or, you know, another one would be consistently denying my feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, if I say I'm sad or I'm upset by this, and it, that's dismissed or belittled or I'm shamed for that. Yeah, and these things have happened to you. Yeah, over the course of your for life. For sure, yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, not, yes. Not to the extent maybe they happened to you in those right. kind of obviously yeah. abusive relationships, right. sure. but they can happen in, in a lot of relationships. And, and again, it's hard to know how seriously to take that uh-huh. and to see, to, to recognize whether that is serious enough to say this is an unsafe, unhealthy person relationship or situation. Yeah. Or if this was just a one time thing, which right. often people who, are abusive will go to great lengths as a one-time thing, or they'll try to gaslight you that it wasn't a boundary violation. But I think the the important thing to say to recognize for for the individual is to yes, that was a boundary violation. Sure, that was a violation of me. Yeah, start from there. Start from there. You're like, okay, I have a benchmark now. I know that was a violation. I know that was a violation. That person was doing it to me. I am a separate person. I Mm -hmm. have the right to feel what I feel to to control my own body to uh, control my own thoughts and that person is trying to impose themselves on me. Yeah. And that's not okay. 
So you start there. (laughs) Then you can decide what to do with it. Yeah. Where do you go next? How serious it is. Mm -hmm. What making yourself safe in that situation looks like. Yeah. Does it start with communicating with that person and saying, hey, that that crossed my boundary and here's why. And then seeing what their reaction is. Oh, my. Oh, you're right. Holy crap. That was a total mistake. That's Mm -hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. I swear I won't do that again. Whatever yeah, it is. I know. I mean, you that know, obviously anyone can say that. Yeah. yeah anyone it's, can say it's hard. It. But then it comes down to like, okay, well, if you're willing to go, okay, well, that was a, that crossed my boundary. They seem to recognize that. I appreciate what they said. I mean, maybe I'll give them another chance. Yeah. Maybe I, mean, I won't. It's totally up to you. It's totally up to you. And yeah. it's absolutely okay to call it a day on the first boundary violation. Yeah. But I think it is important to make this distinction between violating people's boundaries Mm -hmm. and then not meeting their expectations or desires or wants well that's because that's that's some that's not something i was thinking about when i was thinking about boundaries so i like that you brought that up that's a because it's also absolutely okay to have expectations and wants and needs Mm -hmm. and if other people don't meet those in relationships to decide that that relationship is not the one for you yeah right and we don't have to recast that in some the, into something that the other person did wrong, right? Sure. That they've they violated your boundary because they decided that they fill in the blank, um, yeah. actually did like to travel or actually did like to drink alcohol occasionally or mm-hmm. decided to take up smoking. I mean, these are all decisions that those people are allowed to make yeah. that you might say, mm, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who smokes or I don't want to be yeah. in a relationship with someone who's constantly traveling or. Yeah. And then now you're in a negotiation because then the other you, person's like, oh, in... really? Okay. Well, maybe I don't need to do that. Then yeah. I... Maybe this relationship is more important than yeah. this activity or maybe not. I mean, maybe, maybe this activity is important to me. And in which case mm-hmm. it is your responsibility. Yeah. The person who says, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who drinks. If that person decides that alcohol is part of their lives, it is your responsibility to leave. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You're not enforcing a boundary. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what we were saying before by demanding that other people change their behavior. Yeah, right. So if, some, if it's not directed at you, yeah, like boundaries are about protecting yourself. Yeah. So it's got to be directed at you. It can't just be something you don't like. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So where would you place? say, the negotiation of sexual fidelity, like monogamy versus not monogamy. I think that's, I think f- for me, that's totally an expectation, expectation. or want or, or need, you mm-hmm. know, along that line, right? Right. <laughs> Those and all different things. you've communicated at some point before. <laughs> yes, right. One of you decides to do something that is kind of generally recognized as behavior yeah, that doesn't fall into that needs absolutely <laughs> to be communicated about because right. of the needs or ex- expectations you know it's like so mm-hmm. i you know I, I need this in a relationship or i expect it or i want it and then yeah. you tell me right if you also have a similar expectation or need or want if you don't then we need to either negotiate or make a decision about whether mm-hmm. this is a relationship that we want or need but your feelings about sexual fidelity and sexual monogamy are not an incursion on mine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> like you're, yeah, have your own emotional autonomy mm-hmm. and um, emotional feelings about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I this, uh, I really like this, this train of thought here because, yeah, I think I was applying boundaries to too many things myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, as I said, this was kind of a foreign concept to me, and I went yeah. from having none to now suddenly applying it to almost everything. <laughs> Wait, you know, so of. one thing that was helpful to me is having um, 
babies. I have two children. Mm-hmm. And when they were babies, and they had no sense of boundaries, right? Yeah, sure. Like, m- my body was their wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they would... <laughs> so, they would poke, prod, attach themselves to me at will. And same with with them for me, right? They mm-hmm. they had really no physical autonomy. They were completely physically dependent on me. Mm-hmm. You know, they were v- we were very emotionally meshed, right? Yeah, <laughs> As babies yeah. and mothers are, and they're supposed to be, yeah. um, s- such that you know any kind of emotional reaction I had pr- produced a, a counter reaction in them. Yeah. Similarly, they were very good at producing emotional mm-hmm. reactions in me. Mm-hmm. And but this is you know one thing that happens as they grow. Obviously, is those boundaries start to get be enforced yeah you start to like no you can't touch mommy there yeah, or yeah, you yeah. can't be in the room while mommy's right so you go in the bathroom and and similarly you teach them right hopefully both by explicitly and by modeling it that they have physical autonomy mm-hmm. they have emotional autonomy they get to make decisions about their physical and emotional mm-hmm. and very much so sexual life and psychological life. They could have their own opinions. Yeah. I don't get to enforce that. I don't get to make them think the same way as I do about situations. I don't get them yeah. to make them feel the same way as I do about situations. Yeah, so it's part the na- a natural part of the maturation process is, is separating yourself and becoming an individual, figuring out who you are mm-hmm. and what sets you apart and what you want and like what, what these boundaries are. But like you're saying, it's... It's just recognize I, I have the right to my own self, my own space, my own emotional landscape. And yeah, when you're a, a, a baby, that's difficult to really. <laughs> you, we have no power because it's tied to, yeah. and we've talked a lot about in this in this podcast, it's tied to this idea of autonomy and, and yeah. personal power. Mm-hmm. We say people have boundaries that they don't have boundaries. Codependents don't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. But everyone has boundaries. Yeah, right. <laughs> like we have a physical body that is a boundary and that should not be violated yes. without our consent. Right. And so we also have an emotional life and a psychological life and that should not be violated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without our consent. So we all have those boundaries. Yeah, even co- people with codependent behaviors. Yep. Yeah, they have it. They just have no mechanism for enforcing yes, it. Yes, exactly. If you're with healthy people, they're going to respect those boundaries. But then unhealthy people will violate it, will, if you let them. Mm-hmm. They just will. Yeah, if they say they can. If they see they can, they will. Yeah. So when we say that people with codependent behaviors struggle with boundaries, I think it's that they struggle with the feeling that they have the right Mm-hmm. to their own emotional, psychological, physical autonomy. Yeah. And then even when they feel they have the right, they struggle with the potential consequences yeah. of asserting that right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are something that need to be enforced. Yeah. Just like rights are something that needs to be asserted and protected. Yeah, and I, I understand it. effectively it looks as though People with codependent behaviors don't have boundaries. I mean, in my case, I can just remember doing everything I could to feel okay that these boundaries were crossed to where I completely ignored that they even existed. You know, so if if I had to deal with the fact that every day someone was violating boundaries, going, oh, they violated a boundary, ouch, and then having to be conscious of that every single day. So, yeah, it's kind of creating this structure. Right, and that was the writing stories yeah. which we talked about that you would write a story as if it wasn't a violation you invited it yeah. you invited them in right. which is fine right again you can invite people to mm-hmm. cross boundaries yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
come on in. And so you would make it such that it was your idea or you mm-hmm. agree to it. Or they're or- right. They're absolutely right. So it's, you know, yes, it's fine. Maybe the delivery was a little off, but that's okay. You know, like that. But yeah, someone may have, like you said, someone may have a boundary. They may be uncomfortable with physical touch or, you know, certain types of physical touch, but they may not want to be that way. And they want to try to train themselves to be okay with it. So they may invite, you may invite a boundary cross like, okay, normally I don't like when you rub my shoulder, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, go ahead and do it now. Yeah. Well, again, if you think of the whole, our whole physical bodies are absolutely a boundary, (laughs) (laughs) but to the extent of which you, right. You like that boundary to be interacted with. Or some people might put, for them, emotionally and physically, the boundary might be like six feet away from yeah, their sure. physical body. Right. right. So the physical, the boundary that's expressed in their in their own body, it extends a little bit beyond their body. And there could be certain emotional conversations that maybe certain people are just, they can't, they don't feel as though they can handle it. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not ready for. Mm-hmm. Maybe the timing is wrong. Yep. And they should be have the absolute right to say, yeah, I'm I not, can't talk about that. I right can't now. talk about that. No. So, to kind of sum up my thinking on this is that the concept of boundaries is most helpful in interpersonal relationships when it's reserved for a set of behaviors that violates your personal autonomy, your emotional autonomy, your psychological autonomy, your spiritual autonomy, that yeah. essentially tries to control. Another person trying to control what happens within you. Right. And separating that from what is negotiable. Yeah, sure. Wants, needs, expectations expectations, within, within. Right. And trajectory of a relationship or something, you know, it's like, so things like that, that's all, that all falls under the negotiation of wants, needs, and desires. So how, how fast someone wants to go with various things in a relationship and, you know, so certain expectations they have at the beginning are going to be different than one year in or two years in and things like that. Yeah. Ideally like boundaries shouldn't shift that much. Yeah. right. <laughs> Again, true. you can, yeah. they might, there might, there's some wiggle room like we were talking about, like some people, their physical boundary might be, you know, this kind of space around them. Mm-hmm. Some people might be touching them, but the boundary should be relatively stable. Your needs and wants mm-hmm. and expectations will change dramatically. Yeah. Well, you know, when you say that, the wiggle room on the... Because, you know, the example I gave about, like, oh, I, someone may have just kind of a trauma trigger about being mm-hmm. touched a certain way, but they may be working through that and mm-hmm. trying to work towards not having that. And yeah. it could be the same thing with emotional triggers. And yeah. so, so I may have a boundary, like, I can't talk about this particular thing right now. This makes me extremely uncomfortable and it triggers me or something. But... I don't necessarily want to be that way forever. And it is up to you whether you want to, okay, well, it's. But the main thing there is it's kind of the same boundary. You're saying, I'm not emotionally prepared to have this conversation. Right. The the, the kind of conversation may change. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So there may be at some point, there's no conversation. Right, so maybe that's getting too granular to try to like keep moving the goalpost of the boundary. Right, so the goalpost is respecting you need to respect my emotional autonomy, mm-hmm. my physical autonomy, etc. Yeah. Such that I have the final say. Yeah. On those issues. Yeah. On my feelings, my my body, my spiritual life, my emotion, my intellectual life. Yeah. I have the final say. I am the authority within the boundary of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. The boundaries are me, and you're not allowed to violate. But right, right. At, right. in terms of how that that's expressed that. That can that can vary very wildly. Yeah, day to day, hour to hour. Yeah, yeah. I read 
a lot about people talking about boundaries constantly changing. You need to be flexible and, and your boundaries are changing. But what we just talked about here, in which I, I really like your explanation of being, it's not the boundary really that's changing. It's the kind of the framework behind the boundaries, really more than one's needs, desires, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or just kind of your emotional landscape. Where are you at at a given moment? Or, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not that you need to be constantly trying to think of, of oh, this is my boundary now. You know, it's, it's more just, my boundary is always just to be an autonomous mm -hmm. right. human being. Autonomous and, and safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what, then the nuances of that at any given moment are going to change. But, you know, it, it, I don't have to redefine my boundary because today I'm feeling depressed or something and I don't feel like doing X. I like the scene from one of the Star Trek movies. I can't remember what, which one it is, maybe... You're more of a trekking. Maybe you'll remember the one with the the Borg, uh -huh. where Captain Picard is talking about giving up the Enterprise. Yeah, and he gives the speech where I can't quote it exactly, but something to the fact that the Borg take over worlds and we fall back. Right. They move into new universes and we fall back. Mm -hmm. No more. Right. The line is drawn here. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so we drew the line at the Enterprise. I like, I mean, that's like, that's to me, like, that's the boundary. Like what sure. the Enterprise is a, at this point, a metaphor for your, for yourself, your yeah. autonomous selfhood. Mm -hmm. That's where you draw the line. Yeah. Like you can make compromises and negotiations. Right. And you may not be successful. Someone may invade, someone may attack you and. Which is you know, horrible. You know, and that's yeah. traumatic. I mean, that's causes yeah. trauma. I mean, literally, I think that's a major piece of trauma when, mm -hmm. when you're repeatedly violated. Yeah. But so reserving boundaries for that enterprise moment. It's like, we're not mm -hmm. this. No, I'm not giving up the ship. Right. And if you try to make me, you're in for a fight. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Right. Hopefully that just looks like I leave. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But if it doesn't, I'm going to fight for that. Yeah. For myself. And I think that that's a struggle for a lot of codependent people. Yeah. To fight because it's been so scary in the past. Yeah. So it's defaulting back to this position of powerlessness because, you know, I, that's what I had to do to protect myself. Yeah. Do you feel at this point prepared to draw your line and to fight for it? Yes, I do. Yeah. And, and actually, I have examples of having done that over the course of the last year or two throughout this process. The, the process of everything we were talking about in the podcast and throughout the making of the podcast. I feel it getting stronger. I, I More conscious... And yes, I just feel I just feel confident in my ability to make that choice. Do what I feel is necessary to to either exercise power when I feel like I have power or exercise the power of, of acceptance when I don't. So that's kind of our take on boundaries. If other people have different ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Again, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or by email, codependentmind at gmail.com. We'll have more topics like this in the coming episodes. We hope you join us.